Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years in the market. How are you, everyone? The podcast has a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we're looking at NVIDIA, AstraZeneca, and oil. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Yeah, the week has been pretty good. Stocks have had a massive pullback, and over the last day or two, they have now taken off, which is, which is really, really good for anyone who is day trading any stocks, whether it's DocuSign or, or Adobe or Amazon or Netflix or any of those gone very very well anyone in the forex market who is trading euro has had a very very successful week euro has got massively stronger against most of the other currencies it has just kicked on from there so yeah it's been a pretty good week trading all around great well let's start with topic one then so nvidia is an american multinational technology company it designs graphics processing units for the gaming and professional markets as well as chip units for the mobile computing and automotive market so basically a big tech company. And so one would assume that it's done very well over this corona period with everyone being at home on their computers. Well, it is. It's been one of the success stories. Um, we've had massive amounts of people stuck at home and that's basically why this has gone up. Now, it was at the lows of March, so it was affected by coronavirus like everyone else. And it went down to $180 in mid-March. And as of today, it's at 407 which is a 126% rise in that stock. In fact, the demand for NVIDIA graphics cards may have increased in these uncertain times. So according to the results for the first physical quarter, ending in April 26th, I mean, the graphics specialist revenue shot up 39% year on year. So that is huge. There's huge upside for a company that was, I wouldn't say relatively unknown, but wasn't on a lot of people's radar coming into pandemic. It's one of those companies that's used for a lot of mainstream applications, but as an actual brand name, isn't known so much to the general public. Absolutely. Um, to, to, to day traders and stuff, they will, they will probably know because the trend is massively, it's going up like an arrow. It comes back, retraces for one or two days and then goes again. So day traders um, who are trading stocks love the likes of this. And for people who are looking for long-term growth, also the likes of this type of stock is, is, is a must for anyone's portfolio if you're looking for growth. They've obviously experienced a massive spike in such a short period of time. So is this the end of that momentum or do you see there still being some upside? It's easy to see why it has grown throughout the pandemic. The company remains confident that thanks to its new A100 GPU and graphics units that it will kick on. Now, from looking into it and what the company is saying is that this new graphics unit is going to be more sophisticated faster. And they've also they've also signed a deal with one of the car companies to actually put this into the cars. So sort of watch this space with the likes of NVIDIA because they also do chips for mobile phones. If they can get into the, the automotive business and, and pull it off for one of these cars, then you know I mean, they could start supplying cars everywhere because of it. It makes sense that with everyone being at home, gaming went through the roof. And so the, the company that creates the chips behind the computer games would spike in value. Obviously, now lockdown's starting to ease. And so with this releasing mean that there could be a potential drop off of demand? Looking at this on face value, then yes. 
But if you look into it in, in a little more detail, we've had record unemployment in many countries across the UK, across US, literally across most countries. With the debt toll going up in many countries, the restrictions have been sort of put in again. So you have Leicester, which has already been in lockdown. If the news is to be believed, Blackburn is actually heading for a lockdown as well. If you look at other countries like Israel, they've imposed lockdowns on weekends and evenings. So people will stop doing that. If you look at America, there's a lot of cities that have already reclosed again and gone into a, some sort of a lockdown. So we still have people sitting at home. We still have people doing nothing. It's just to give you a sort, sort of insight, I was reading an article the other day and there was a part-time bar staff wanted. So a landlord put up for two jobs. And for the two jobs, in the space of a week, there was 440 people applied for two part-time bar staff. Um, so that tells you the kind, of, the kind of unemployment we have. And if we have unemployment, people will be sitting at home. They will be playing games. And you could see this continue for the foreseeable future. Now, it may not run at the same pace, but we would expect this to continue going. And then the big question, is NVIDIA in your portfolio? It is. I've, I've um, put some NVIDIA into my uh, portfolio. So I haven't got into it months and months ago. I've got into it in the last week or so. So yeah, I have. So you still see upside. And if you haven't already invested in NVIDIA, then there's still opportunities there. Yeah, from, from what I can see from researching it for the likes of this, yes, there's something I have been looking at. It's been on my radar for a little while. I've been waiting for a pullback and we, we had a decent pullback on it. So if you look at the chart, we, there was a nice pullback there last week and I jumped in on that. So yes, I do see a little bit of upside on this. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is AstraZeneca, which is a British-Swedish multinational pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical company. So there's been a lot of talk in the news about this kind of race to find the coronavirus vaccine between the likes of Gillis Sciences, Novavax and AstraZeneca. So what's propelled AstraZeneca to the front? AstraZeneca jumped into the, the game later than most. Now, the big pharmaceutical company joined forces with University of Oxford and the 30th of April to agree and develop and distribute the latter's coronavirus vaccine. Now, at this point, rival Madeira and vaccine has already entered human testing. But both companies are leading with AstraZeneca in phase two to three trials of progress and Madeira aiming to start phase three this month. But the big thing that has propelled them there is one is they have a vaccine that actually has shown clinically massively good results. And the second thing is that the US government want to fast track this. They want to get this out as quick as possible. And they've given AstraZeneca 1.2 billion to get this out to fast track. That has sort of propelled them into the, to their front runners. Yeah, so that's the important thing is that they've already got a partnership with the US government who are obviously very keen to be proactive on delivering the vaccine to their oh, people. Do Donald, Donald Trump is absolutely all over that. He cannot, he cannot get out because it comes down to money. They may be spending 1.2 billion on this, but how much each day is it costing the likes of the US government to keep the country locked down, to keep things at a minimal? So they want to get this out as quick as possible. And just looking at the stock price over the last couple of months, so since 30th April, it's been pretty sidewards in movement. But over the last seven days, there has been this rise of about 15%. As you say, AstraZeneca is a, it's a huge multi-billion dollar company. And so are they putting all their eggs in one basket on this vaccine or have they got other things in the pipeline? The stock has been rising steadily since 2017. 
It's one of those companies on the up and up, regardless of whether the vaccine comes out or not. It is a portfolio of already commercialized products. So the oncology drug, Tadraxone, uh, and sales have grown through the roof because of it. If we have a vaccine that everyone in the world will want, what type of money are we talking about here? If they are the front runners, if, even, even if they're not the front runners, even if they're the second or third person to bring it to market, the upside is astronomical for them. So over the last few podcasts, we've talked about long-term and short-term trading. Which category would this fall into and why do you think? Now, this one falls into the long-term strategy because even if they fail to bring the vaccine to the market, they have massive other commercialized drugs there. Okay, and their growth has been pretty, pretty decent since 2017. So I don't see any change in that. Their R&D is very good. What they're doing is very good. Then if they find someone that example is, is the Oxford University, is that they have went out and they've purchased it off someone. Okay, so they have no problems taking the checkbook out. Now, and there's two reasons why this falls into, into it, because they've had a 26% growth already this year. As we saw earlier on, that they've come to the coronavirus vaccine late. Okay, just, they just went and bought the person who had the vaccine already. So also they pay a dividend twice a year. Now, the ex-dividend date is in two months' time. So this is one of those strong companies that you would have in your portfolio that is nicely running along, chipping away, and adding to your yearly portfolio profit. That is definitely one of these ones that's long-term you'd hold on to, regardless of whether the vaccine is, is high on its agenda or not. Is it in your own portfolio? Um, yes, it is. It's something that I've been in for a little while. So it's one of those things that it just chips away. You, you forget about it. It's in your portfolio. You don't even bother looking at it. It's not like the likes of the NVIDIA. It's not like the DocuSigns, which will make you 10, 20, 30% in, in a week. This will run along and by the end of the year, could be up anything between 10 to 30% by the end of the year. And if it pulls off and brings out a big drug like the oncology drug, where it's the vaccine for coronavirus, then there's loads of upside in this. But in my opinion, there's not massive downside because they have consistently had a really good business plan over the last four or five years. Well, let's move on to topic three then, which is oil. Shell, one of the world's largest oil companies, has warned that the low price of oil could reduce the value of its assets by up to $22 billion, which is just a massive amount of money. This is obviously isn't good news for you and everyone else who is long on oil. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not good for anyone. And if you have a look at the FTSE, it dropped 0.8% because of it. This is a long-term play. If you look at the stats of the economy, it's only about about 40% capacity. It doesn't matter whether it's UK or the US or any of these countries. A lot of people are still working from home. Now, in the short term, the stocks will move up. They will move down. Look, I personally bought Oxy back when the futures went to minus $40, and I'm up about 25% in this position. But we all rely on oil, whether it's for plastics, whether it's for pharmaceuticals, whether it's for driving our cars, and so on and so forth. And as we slowly get out of lockdown, whether it's now or whether we get a second wave when the flu season starts, but I do expect us to get back to a point where the country is back working again, whether it's, whether it's the likes of aerospace, whether it's the likes of cars, manufacturing, but we will see that happen. But this is a very long-term play. If you were looking to invest around the oil industry at the moment, would you be looking at oil, the commodity, or oil production companies such as Shell, Aramco, et cetera, et cetera? 
if you have a CFD, you have to put a stop loss in it. Okay. Now I, I've never really talked about stop losses, but if anyone knows how I trade and beats one of my webinars on, I risk 1% of my account. Whereas if you jump in on CFD, which is actually oil itself, whether it's Brent or WTI, you have to buy the CFD because you can't buy the physical asset. So what you have to do then is you have to have a stop loss in a certain place. Now, the biggest stop loss you can put on the Toro platform is 50%, which is on the likes of these CFDs, it's not, it's not a huge stop loss. Whereas if you buy the likes of Royal Lutchell, Ramco, Oxy, any of those sort of companies, you can actually use 1% of your account and buy the underlying asset, which means you don't need a stop loss. So that would be my opinion on, on the buy and the likes of these that or rather than buying the, the CFD, buy the stock because you have no fees, you have no rollover charges. And that was my personal opinion. And I've been in this since, since March. So I'm in it three or four months and there's no cost incurred and I'm up 25% on the portfolio because of this. But if I had have bought the CFD and I was still in the trade, yes, I probably may be up more, but then I would have this running cost of the, of the overnight fees, of the contract fees. And what should investors look out for then when investing in oil, if you were going to go for the commodity rather than the stock? Well, the first thing that needs to happen is to break out of a technical level at $42. Now, as you know, I'm a technical trader. So if you look at the charts on oil on the eToro platform, there's a level of $42. Now it's been sitting there for about a week or 10 days. Now it has to, it has to break and retest level. And that's for me. And if it breaks and retests that level, I would expect it to hit the sort of the $60 mark. Now, to fundamentals, people trading it, you have to start seeing the economy getting a little bit stronger. Now, whether it's cars back on the road, whether it's planes back in the air, whether it's people back working, we have to see that incremental increase in demand. Now, the only thing we have to be mindful of with oil is that if we get a second wave, that is the problem with the likes of oil. If we get a second wave, it's not like the AstraZeneca's. It's not like the NVIDIA's that we've just talked about beforehand. If oil and we get a second wave, this will be hit badly a second time again. Great. Well, that's it for this week's three topics. Is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on? So something that are looking at is the EU leaders have struck a deal for a 750 billion recovery after a four-day marathon summit. So this is going to be absolutely massive for the Eurozone, which means that you will probably see Euro continuing with strength. You will also see the indices, so the likes of the German DAX, you will have the likes of the French CAC, the, the stock 50, the Spanish, this, these should all rally. Now, if we look at the German DAX today alone, it's already gone up 5 or 6%. And that is off the likes of back of this news. But remember, UK or the FTSE is not in there. Now, the FTSE is also heavily, heavily weighted on the likes of oil. So the likes of Royal Dutch Shell, BP. So I don't expect to see a massive jump on the FTSE. But the other indices that are, that are in Europe there, we will see massive run. But this is with the likes of oil happening away and the likes of Brexit. I can only see a little bit of GBP weakness over the foreseeable future. But anyone trading euro or these European indices, we should have a rosy couple of weeks. Well, anyone who wants to learn more about those hot topics and what potential opportunities are out there, Henry does do a, a weekly Tuesday webinar where you can register by going onto the eToro Trading School website. 
And if anyone wants to see any of the any of the trades that I have placed, if you go to the eToro platform and type in Henry Francis Ward, you can actually see what's in my portfolio, how I trade, and it also has a link to the eToro Trading School as well. Thanks very much for going through that, Henry. We hope you've all enjoyed listening to the podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.